Welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast, where each week we talk about all things related to the world of learning and development, including facilitation, instructional design, sales enablement, and so much more. I'm your host, Sarah Canistra, and I'm an L&D strategist and career coach, and I'm here to take the guesswork out of becoming an L&D professional and show you how to unlock continued success in your learning and development career. I'm on a mission to quickly develop the next generation of L&D leaders who are looking to create meaningful and engaging learning experiences. So, if you're looking to transition into L&D for the first time, have found yourself accidentally in a training position, or are working up the ranks as an L&D professional already, you've come to the right place. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Overnight Trainer Podcast. I'm super happy you're here spending time filling up your cup today um, by filling your ears with me. (laughs) Uh, Today's podcast episode is a really fun one, maybe a little controversial, I don't know. Uh, But it is based off a talk that I did a few weeks ago at the United States uh, Learning and Development Conference uh, in the Metaverse, which is a really cool experience to not only present there, but to be in the metaverse and really spend some time in in the future. And the reality is the the future is now when it comes to, to learning and development. We kind of always have to be several steps ahead. I think in the past we're, we're used to being several steps behind, but you know times have changed and we need to move just as fast, if not faster than the business. So this will be a really fun episode. Uh, and again, no matter, you know, with, with this episode, doesn't really matter where you are in your L&D career. So if you're just transitioning into L&D or thinking about it, if you are early in your career, if you are in the middle of your career, if you are, you know, at a high level in your career, wherever you are, this episode is really important to listen to because today we're going to be really focusing on four non-traditional skills to really make sure that not only you, but your department stays recession proof. And so I'll go into that in a little bit as well. But before we dive into today's episode, I just want to do a big giant celebration for all of my clients who were just in the Land Your Dream L&D Roll 30 Day Challenge. It was amazing. In all honesty, I, I'm going to be shifting a lot of my business come September. So um, you'll be seeing some changes and some new offerings and some you know new ways to work together and courses, all of this stuff. So a lot of things changing. Um, but for me, you know, I've been I've been sensing this change for a while and knowing something was coming. Um, but it wasn't until doing this challenge that I realized um, how fun it can be and, and how 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 much how much we can do in such little time is really what this was. This was a, you know, I talk a lot about piloting and if you've listened to the past couple episodes, they've a lot of them been around, you know, building a business. And this was a pilot for me. This was a test for me. And I had, I had so much fun running it. And it was incredible to see that in just 30 short days, how many people walked away with job offers, multiple job offers. Uh, we were in a good, like big negotiations were happening at the end of the 30 day challenge. Um, you know, interviews after not having interviews for months and months and months. Uh, people realizing that they don't even want to, you know, work at a company. They want 
want to start their own, their own company. Uh, it was just really, really incredible to, to see the transformations that happened in 30 days. So I just want to celebrate every single person that joined that challenge, um, that had those breakthroughs, that showed up vulnerable. It was really incredible and really an honor to guide people. And again, it goes to show that things can happen quickly. I think as a society, we're really conditioned that things should be really, really hard and things should take a long time and screw that I, I, you know there's there's we have we have access to so much more knowledge technology um people right my, my goal is to help people skip multiple steps i walked that path i did the hard path uh, it took me a long time you know I, to get to where i am now let me help you skip over some of that stuff that you don't necessarily need to do. And so I think it's that kind of antiquated way of thinking of things need to be hard and long in order to be worth it. And it couldn't be further from the truth. So uh, this was just a, a proof of concept, not only you know, to me and not only to the people inside of the challenge, but to everyone who doubts that things can happen quickly, they can. I just witnessed in 30 days, complete career transformations, 30 days. 30 freaking days. So to all of you inside of the challenge, I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited for what's ahead, uh, new careers, new opportunities, new businesses. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. So thank you all so much for, for letting me guide you in that. All right, so a couple other announcements before we get into today's episode. Um, two things. One is that, uh, like I just mentioned, I will be changing up a lot of things come September. I'm really excited about it. Um, you know, part of Part of my mission for this year is to be able to serve as many people as possible. And I feel like more and more people are coming to this industry, more people are growing into this industry. Um, this is becoming such a lifelong career for so many people, whereas before maybe it, it was a place where careers came to die, but learning and development has now become one of, if not the most important parts of, of any business. So uh, with that being said, I wanted to create more accessible ways, more ways of you know working together, more content, more information, more guides, more all of the things for you all. So you'll be seeing that come September. But in the meantime, um, during the month of August, I haven't put an exact end date to it yet. So grab it while you can. I am going to be bundling up uh, several of my career coaching courses. Uh, so we're talking nailing your niche, finding out the type right role for you. I'll put the 30 day challenge in there, uh, career LD career confidence, what to post on LinkedIn. I'm going to be combining some of my uh, master classes, some of my courses, some of my challenges into one career super bundle um, and offering that through the month of August. So again, I don't have a, quite the end date on it. Uh, by the time this airs, this will be up uh, and uh, will be bundled at an incredible price just to start kind of cl clearing the inventory, giving you all um, access at before things change. So go to the overnighttrainer.thinkific.com to claim that bundle. Um, it's going to be an incredible deal for a lot of courses. Um, those courses alone I just named are all uh, worth over $1,000. Um, so you'll get a, a really incredible deal on that. Still working on pricing and all of that, but for my, my podcast listeners, wanted to give you the the first chance to get in there uh, that will be up uh, by the time this podcast airs uh, second announcement i want to make is that lndeo is still open for enrollment so we have a couple incredible people who have already joined the program i keep it very very small because i provide a lot of support if you are looking to start launch grow scale your business um, now is the time to do it by the way businesses are booming small businesses are booming uh, it's definitely an opportunity to grow your business you need help doing it i'm your person 
person. Uh, so feel free to, again, go to the overnighttrainer.thinkific.com to get information for that program. Uh, payment plans are also available, so make sure to reach out to me if you have any questions about that. And lastly, I'm pretty sure that this podcast episode um, is going to put us at 25,000 downloads, which is insane and amazing. And I, I have tears in my eyes because I cannot believe like 25,000, you've all listened 25,000 times. Like that's wild. That's like a freaking auditorium. Like it's insane. It's insane. Uh, but once we hit 25,000, I am going to do a very special free masterclass on podcasting. So keep an eye out for that. Um, if you're listening to this and you want that masterclass to happen sooner than later, tell your friends to download, listen, subscribe, like all the things, because the sooner we hit that number, uh, the sooner I will be offering that, that masterclass. It will be absolutely free as a thank you to all of you for listening. Uh, and it will be all around how to start and grow a podcast. So if you're interested in that, listen up, download, tell your friends to download too. All right, let's get into today's episode. Like I said, I'm super excited about it. You know, when I was doing this talk at the L&D conference a couple weeks ago, um, even before before that, actually, when I was talking to Lindsay Lee Hobson, who uh, founded this conference and this, this um, community, you know, we were talking about, you know, she asked me, you know, what did I want to talk about? And and I had mentioned that, you know, there's really a lot of non-traditional skills that L&D needs to, to focus on. And we're so focused on these more antiquated skills that aren't really helping us and in fact, holding us back. And I did a podcast episode a couple, a couple episodes ago around what L&D needs to leave behind. And so go listen to that. It's a good good precursor to this episode because we have to leave a lot of things behind in order to make room for for these new skills, right? It's it's like thinking about it in terms of clearing out your learning management system. You can't just keep piling on and piling on and piling on. People are going to get confused, right? You have to go ahead and get rid of the old to call in the new. So when we were talking about this uh, this topic, I said, yeah, you know, if people start doing, you know, really implementing these skills that they can start implementing today, essentially, they'd be recession proof. And I said that very nonchalantly. And she said, okay, great. That's what we're going to call your session. <laughs> and so my session was called Make Yourself in Your L&D Department Recession Proof. And, you know, it was, it was a little nerve wracking for me to call it that, especially as we're heading into a recession. Um, but the reality is it's really important to start to think about how do you protect yourselves? How do you protect your department? How do you make yourself so freaking valuable that not only could they not fathom losing you, they would do anything to keep you? So really think about that as we go through today, but it's going to require us to leave some things behind. So uh, definitely feel free to listen to today's episode. But if you haven't listened to the episode around what we need to leave behind, go and listen to that one as well. All right. So what I want to dive into is that, you know, I want to start with the, there's this this image that's been circulating and I'm sure a lot of you have seen it. And McKinsey uh, came out with a study in the about a month ago now, so like the middle of July. They did this huge, huge study on uh, the top reasons why people were leaving their jobs and how and, and how to get people back. Right. So we're, it's, it's so weird. We're in this we're in a recession. We're also in the resi great resignation. Um, you know, there's so many jobs open, yet people are having a hard time finding jobs. It's like a really weird time, right? Like, trust me, I, I work with all ends of the spectrum, so I totally understand that it's pretty much a weird time for everyone. But the reality is, you know, there's, there, we're going through, you know, the, the not we, I'm not McKinsey, but I was going through the data that McKinsey put together. And this, this, um, 
this image keeps coming up and I kept seeing it pop up with a lot of people posting it. And it's, it's several, I'll, I'm going to post, uh, I'll link to the, the article as well and the research study so you can look as well. But it's, it's this graph that shows the top reasons for quitting jobs, why people from April 2021 to April 2022, why they were quitting their jobs. And I think they surveyed like almost 14,000 people. Um, so a lot of people participated in this study. And what they found was 41%, so the most amount of people, quit their jobs because of lack of career development and advancement. So they put those two together, which I think development typically will lead into, lead into advancement, although they are different things. And so what I was seeing is that everyone was looking, everyone was posting about this. So like, this is why L&D is so important. And as you can see here, people are going to leave the organization if they're not getting developed. And, you know, we're not going to be able to get them back if we're not developing them. And yeah, I see that. And I see that data. And at first when I saw this, I was like, yeah, I totally agree with these people. Yeah. Like, hello, look how important L&D is. Uh, this is why people are leaving. You know, that career advancement, all of that stuff. And so as I was going through the study, and as I read the article even more, which I don't think a lot of people have actually read, I think people are seeing that graphic, they're like, oh, cool, okay, I'm going to take this graphic and I'm going to make my own content around it. But there's a lot, there's actually a lot in the article, people. So I highly recommend reading it. I'm going to, again, link it, <laughs> link it in the show notes. But what they talked about was not only why people left, but how do we get people back? Right? How do we attract people into our organization? So these people have left for those reasons. And when I read the article, I found something really interesting that yes, career development and advancement was number one, but only for people who left and went to another traditional job. But when we looked at people who left traditional roles to go work non-traditionally, which I'll, I'll talk about in a minute, Career development actually drops the bottom half of importance. I think it actually drops to like number seven out of 12. So yeah, number seven out of 12. And so what's really interesting is that amongst people who are looking to, who have left traditional jobs to go to another traditional job, so a typical nine to five, right? That yes, career development and advancement is the reason why they quit. But in order to get people who didn't go to traditional roles, to come back into the workforce, career development is number seven on there. So it really got me thinking. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, what, what role do we have in this? And what was what was interesting is that they did, they continued on. This article is really incredible because they continued on and did this research where they identified workplace personas. Now, when it comes to learning and development, the consulting work that I do through, through learning cluster design, uh, even how I run my business, I always utilize personas. So I love to see when personas are utilized on a, on a larger scale and for research studies. And so I want to walk you through the personas that they came up with when it comes to these workforce personas, these people who have left, who have left traditional work um, and have gone elsewhere. So first and foremost, the, the, there are a group called the traditionalists, and these are career-oriented people. They care about work-life balance, but they're willing to make trade-offs for the sake of their jobs. So they're motivated to work full-time at large companies, um, you know, to, to put in that work, quote-unquote, because they, for in return, really, for competitive compensation, perks, a good job title, status, and career advancement. So those are your traditionalists. Now, the second group they identified were the, the DIYers, the do-it-yourselfers, which are the autonomous group. So this persona, 
They value workplace flexibility, meaningful work, and compensation, and those are their top motivators for possibly returning to the traditional workforce. So these people left the left the traditional workforce, and they either became self-employed um, or they're still full-time employed, but in non-traditional roles. So like maybe they have a couple different gigs, a couple different part-time uh, opportunities. Uh, maybe they're you know solopreneurs, all of those things, consulting, freelancing, all of that is kind of inside of the DIYer. So they left the traditional workforce to go do it yourself, do their own thing. Um, then they had a, a group called the Relaxers. And these are people who are typically a mix of, uh, they were retirees, people who are not looking for work, um, people who might come back under the right circumstances. Uh, what was funny is they actually nicknamed this group the Gronks for Rob Gronkowski, uh, who retired from the NFL, but came back to play with uh, Tom Brady in Tampa before retiring again. So the Gronks, as they were called. Then they had the caregivers. So these are people who have decided or kind of enforced to decide to be at home um, caregiving, whether it's for family members uh, or for, you know, for parents, for children, for um, loved ones, whatever it may be. Uh, and so some of them, some of these caregivers are actively looking for work and others are passive job seekers who would need to find an opportunity that would justify re-entering the work, the workforce and the paid labor force. And so this group is typically more uh, women than men and many of them are parents or other caregivers. And lastly, the, the last group was uh, the idealists. And these are people who typically don't have dependents or mortgages or a lot of other kind of financial responsibilities. Um, and so they really emphasize flexibility, career development, uh, meaningful work, and a community of reliable and supportive people. And so here's why understanding from an L&D perspective, these five personas, it's so important for us to know because the reality are is that companies like traditionalists. Right? These are career-minded people and they're e easier to find through common recruitment strategies. And the reality is a lot of L&D is catered around the traditionalists, right? The way that we do corporate education, the way that we do learning and development, talent development, a lot of it's around the traditionalists. But here's the problem. The traditionalists don't exist in high enough numbers anymore. So when it comes to all of the open positions that exist in the world right now, there are not enough traditionalists to actually fill those roles. So it's so important because we have to look at the DIYers, the caregivers, and the idealists because together they make up the majority of the potential talent pool out there. So that then begs the question, right? Like what, what is our role as L&D not only in retaining talent, right, but attracting talent as well? And you can start to see here where we're gonna to start to create our value. I think a lot of, up until now, it, our value really came from what happened once they were inside of the organization. We didn't really care who it was or where they were coming from or any of that, right? It really had to do with, okay, they're here. They're typically a traditionalist. I'm going to teach them the traditionalist way on uh, moving up the corporate ladder and boom, here we go, right? And that was our value, but that's not our value anymore. And the reality is we have to think about the fact that you know, when we have amazing experiences somewhere, whether it's at work, whether it's as a customer somewhere, what do we typically do, right? We refer people to go and work at that organization, go to eat at that restaurant, go to shop at that store, you know, go to work with that coach, right? A lot of my work is on referrals. So 
thinking about the fact that the world is run on referrals. And even some interesting statistics is that 82% of employers rated employee referrals as generating the best ROI above all other sources. Um, Referred candidates are 55% faster to hire. And 88% of employers said that referrals are the best source for above average applicants. So we can see here that we want to we want to make sure that the employees that we have working for us, right, and that you know nowadays too with social media and the way that you know the world works and rapid communication, that they are referring people to come work at our organization. And what a better way to do that than to talk about what it would look like to be educated inside the organization. And so what's interesting is that we have to start to look at LD as having a new role, right? Our past role was order taker, right? And we think about our, our order takers, it was all around making sure that the company stayed in compliance. Then we kind of move into this current present state that we're in right now that I see a lot of LD folks taking the role of consultant, right? And that really lends us to be able to help with organizational performance and readiness. But the reality is, we have to move into the future, which again, the future is now, so we need to do this now, where our role is no longer that of just order taker and just consultant. Because yes, compliance will still be something that has to be dealt with. Organizational performance or readiness will still be something that has to live in our wheelhouse. But we now have this this opportunity and this, we, we owe this to the people in our organization to be a visionary. And we have this responsibility for not only compliance and organizational performance and readiness, but for culture, for innovation, for inclusion, for wellness, and for sustainability. So what happens is we have to start to move our focus from creating all the learning content, being the gatekeepers, holding on to, you know, for dear life, white knuckling, you know, what holding on to what we've known to be in the past, to now moving forward and focusing on creating the conditions for both personal and professional growth. Because what happens is once we start to become an L&D visionary, it allows us to have a direct impact on culture, on innovation and on inclusion like I was talking about. Because organizational performance and readiness and compliance, just focusing on those two things, is not, isn't enough, those alone are not enough to keep people. And if we're not keeping people, right, that doesn't make us recession-proof. So what do learners need from us? What skills do we need to bring to the table to focus on in order to retain and attract a talent, especially for those group of DIYers, those caregivers, and those idealists? So I break it down into four, four categories done through through not only my own personal knowledge, but through research, including this McKinsey article. And the four skills I break it down to are learning flexibility, innovation, wellness, and inclusion. And we look at flexibility. You know, I want you to think about whether you, again you're new to the org, new to L and D, whether you're seasoned, tenure, whatever it is. I want you to think on a scale of one to ten, with you know one being the least and ten being the most. How flexible are your learning programs right now? You know, do people need to be on in a certain time or place, connected to a certain device? Are they given one way of learning something? 
When it comes to flexibility, here's where autonomy is key, right? So what's really important, I want to give you some practical tips, right? Because there's, we can go, we can, we can go big and bold and adventurous and hairy and scary on this, but that's not going to help us right now in this moment. So I want to give you some practical tips on flexibility. And this is where that autonomous learning really comes in. And you want to understand where and when your learners learn best where they already go when they need answers, where they go when they have questions, or where they go when they run into a problem. Be flexible and meet them where they're already going. I think one of the biggest things we, we struggle with as L&D is like we get caught up in that kind of shiny piece of foil. We're like, oh, shiny thing, new technology. Let's put all of our training here. It's not an if you build it, they will come situation, right? It does, it's, it's they will, where they go, you have to build. That's, that's, that's what it is. You can start to then shift, you know, shift their thinking, shift, you know, push against it, but you have to meet them where they're at. And this goes into, you know, allowing your learners to dictate for themselves when and how learning gets done, right? It's no longer around this just kind of like be here at a certain time and place robot, right? Let them dictate it. They're adults, right? Like go back to adult learning theory 101. We're all adults with shared, with lived experiences, let us live, right? Dictate, let them dictate for themselves when and how learning gets done. Use multiple modalities for each topic, right? Video, podcast, transcription, etc. And the reality is I think we think that, oh wow, that's a lot of work. You're telling me for every piece of content I create, I have to make a video and a podcast and a transcription. Well, the reality is all of those things could just be one piece of content, right? So for example, I could be recording this on Zoom right now now I have a, a video version of it that I can put on my YouTube, I, which I will have soon. Hold, hold please on that. <laughs> right? I have this on a podcast and I'm working right now on transcribing all of my podcasts into blog posts and blog articles. Right? And so all of that can be done from one piece of content. You're not having to constantly recreate the wheel. And then from an autonomous perspective and being flexible is less is more when it comes to mandatory training. Right? We can't just pile on and pile on and pile on and pile on and say that everything is mandatory because that does not giving us any flexibility. You have to identify and, and figure out what is a need to know? What does this person need to know to be successful right now, today, right here so they can hit the ground running? And what's a nice to know that they can go be autonomous and find on their own that's going to improve their performance, help their performance. But when we pile it all on as mandatory and training becomes a punishment, it is anything but flexible. So that brings us into skill number two, which is around innovation. And same thing, I want you to pause for a second and think about on a scale of one to 10, how do you feel that you incorporate innovation into your L&D programming? How, not, only, not only how innovative are they, but are you teaching people how to be innovative? Are you supporting that culture? Remember, going back to what we were talking about before, that it's no longer around creating all learning content and just creating innovative learning content. It's about creating conditions for personal and professional growth. So are you creating the conditions for people to be innovative when it comes to learning? And that really, I think, is aligned with creating a sense of purpose. And one thing that you can start to do immediately is how are you embedding company core values into learning initiatives, right? Create that, that idea of, of innovation and innovation around what the company's core values are and how do we use those almost as a North Star. Um, I worked for a company many years ago that had incredible core values 
concern, creativity, passion, and perfection as a goal worth pursuing. And those are embed those were embedded in me, not only before I worked in L&D there, but when I started working there and the several years I worked there before I even got into L&D. And so everything we did went back to those core values. So we were al allowed to be innovative, right? And have this, what they used to call this freedom within a framework, right? The framework is those values, but the innovation gets to happen within it. So are you embedding those company core values into your learning initiatives? And then also, are you just always teaching solutions? Solutions. <laughs> are you always teaching solutions, right? So rather than just teaching the solution, so for example, like teaching customer service, like effective customer service, you know, utilize immersive small group sessions, focus on one challenge and have learners work through those solutions and work through those challenges together to come up with those solutions, right? You can, it doesn't mean that you're just putting them in a room, locking the door and hoping they come up with something. You can absolutely facilitate the conversation. You can create the conditions for that conversation. You know, you could help them think deeper and ask really incredible like, coaching questions to draw out these answers with them. But rather than teaching the solution all the time, again, going back to adult learning 101, right? They have these lived experiences. Let them work together to be innovative with the solution most likely, and I found this in personal experience, the solution they come up with is way better than the solution you'd probably teach. Because the reality is, as L&D in general, it's not our job or our responsibility to be subject matter experts on what we're teaching. Right? We might have some subject matter expertise. Right? I was in sales and customer service before I got into L&D. So I have sales and customer service background and expertise. But it wasn't when I turned into L&D, it wasn't my responsibility to be the expert in that. It's my responsibility to be the expert in L&D. And so who knows better? The people who are there on the front lines, right? who are experiencing the customers. So through asking really great questions to bring out their experiences from them and have them work together and facilitate a conversation around that. We were able to bring out really, really incredible solutions to challenges that they were having. So think about that. How do you create that innovation? Well, it's again, creating the conditions, not just creating the content. Another way to create that sense of purpose around that around and around innovation is to allow learners to reflect on their own sense of purpose, on their own innovation, how that connects to the company's purpose, right? What is that freedom they have within a framework and how can they utilize it? Right? How are they how are they owning it? And then I think one of the biggest things that we can do from an innovation perspective is to allow learners to create their own content and share with their peers. And I know some people like have a panic attack and a heart attack and all the freaking attacks when they hear around learner created content, right? The gatekeeping comes up, the, you know, what if they make it wrong? It's not going to be instructionally sound. You know, I like uh, 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 gagging when I hear that. It's like, relax. How many things on YouTube are you watching that are quote unquote instructionally sound? Like get over yourself. That's a soapbox situation. Gotta climb off for a second, but allow learners to create and create their own content and share it with their peers because it gives them a sense of purpose and a sense of innovation and it allows them to have that peer to peer learning. There's so many great tools out there. Uh, for example, 360 Learning is an incredible uh, collaborative social learning tool to look into. Um, I highly recommend them. Uh, I would say that they're actually yeah, my, my favorite tool when it comes to that because they make it very easy for learners to create their own content. So. 
and, and you don't even have to use a tool for it, right? It could just be that you know, there's a, a, a Google Doc that your organization has or people you know, request content and you then put it out there. Hey, who wants to create this content? Who would like to you know, answer this, this frequently asked question you know, via video? There's so many ways that you can allow learners to create their own content in the moment and share it with their peers. So that's innovation. We then move into wellness. And wellness is such a, it's so interesting when we think about our role as L&D. And I want you, again, I'll ask you the same question I asked before, which is on a scale of one to 10, one not being at all and 10 being fully immersed, you hear my dog walking in the background. <laughs> uh, how often do you incorporate wellness inside of your, of your L&D programming, right? I feel like that's something that, you know, when I did this, when I did this talk live, you know, people were like, okay, yeah, we can be pretty flexible, we can be pretty innovative, but when it came to wellness, like bloop, like dropped all the way down to like the twos and the threes. And so we have to infuse wellness and well-being into learning. Right? We have to go back and think about the DIYers, the caregivers, the idealists, right? They want their their well-being is very important to them. And so we need to embed techniques like mindfulness and meditation into learning activities before, during, and afterwards, right? Allowing them to actually process right, what it is that they are learning. Uh, you know, mindfulness is such an important an, an important skill to learn and then to to allow people the opportunity. Right? How often do we start uh, even a live training, whether it's virtual or in person, and we're just jumping right on into the content? Right? Allow people to to do a mindfulness you know a, a mindfulness exercise to, uh, to be present. Uh, you know, give people an opportunity to set an intention for how they want to you know show up for learning today. You know, giving people an opportunity to really really show up as their best and most most authentic selves really goes around wellness. What's something that's really important, and I'm working on a, on a, with a client on this right now, an executive coaching client on, on is including wellness and well-being strategies in leadership development programming. So strategies for leaders themselves. So leaders themselves can actually, you know, learn and understand tools like mindfulness and meditation um, and physical movement and all of those things. So not only are they knowing it, but strategy is to give them and to help develop them so they can develop that into their teams, so they can encourage their teams. Again, I'm working with a client on that right now, and it's been really incredible to see the results of once you start to incorporate wellness into leadership development programming, how well not only the, again, the leaders are responding to it, but the team members who report into those leaders, right? Again, infusing that well-being. And lastly, encourage learning on the go, right? So whether that's you know, enc you know encouraging people to you know take go out for a stroll or a walk or even just sit outside getting fresh air while there's a, a town hall. Uh, I, I worked for an organization once where that's what we did. We had town halls, and that was an opportunity for people on the team to put in their headphones and to just go outside and get some fresh air. Again, whether they're sitting there, whether they're going for a walk, um, some people are, would go for a run while listening to it. And so going back to L&D, right, we are responsible for creating the conditions where learners can take their learning to go and participate anywhere but their, but their actual desk, right? So it's asking that question, does my, does, do my learners need to be at their desk? Do my learners need to be at their computer, right? What can I do to start to encourage and create those conditions where my learners can take their learning to go 
while they are infusing it into well-being, right? Maybe I'm at the gym and I'm listening to, you know, to, to a town hall meeting or a past recording of a training or listening to a podcast on sales that was recommended, you know, by my L&D department. It can really be so many things. How do we infuse well-being into learning? And lastly, it's inclusion. And I really want you to think around the fact, you know, an inclusion can mean so many different things, so many different people. But when I say inclusion here, I want you to think about, are you creating inclusive learning communities, right? And on a scale of one to 10, how confident do you feel that you're creating inclusive learning communities? And we think about, you know, creating these type of communities. We want to create spaces for learners to connect with each other deeper on specific topics but not forced. So really important that like we're not forcing people to, you know, forced inclusion doesn't always, it's not really inclusion, right? So really think about how do we create safe spaces? How do we create open spaces for learners to go and connect with each other? And that's, again, our responsibility, not around creating the content for it, but the conditions for it. How can we as L&D develop mentorship programs and rotational programs with pathways to advancement, right? Connect people with each other. We are learning and development, right? That is our job. We, we are here to, to help people develop in their careers and learn to do their job and do their job well. The best way to do that is to connect them with people who have done the job before, who have advanced in that role, give them an opportunity to, to connect with each other. And then one thing I think it's really important to keep in mind when we're creating these, these really inclusive learning communities is focusing that onboarding period on creating a welcoming environment for, for new hires, right? Those, those 90, first 90 days are so crucial. And I think so often we focus on that time to productivity piece, right? How can we get them up to speed as quick as possible, hit the ground running? You know, they've been without a person for X amount of time. And really start to think about, rather than that being the primary focus, how do we also make a focus on creating a welcoming environment and an inclusive environment through learning? So not only, yes, are they getting up to speed and they have a faster time to productivity, but they're also feeling included in the organizational environment. So thinking about all of these things, so flexibility, innovation, wellness, inclusion, when we focus on those, what happens is, is, and there's a, another graph inside of that McKinsey, uh, McKinsey research study, where they talk around, you know, what are the what are the experience factors driving attrition, and what what would drive retention? And when there's, I think one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve of them. And when you are able to focus on inclusion, wellness, innovation, flexibility. And we start to leave some of that other crap behind and we make those our primary focus. We then start to hit on meaningfulness at work, workplace flexibility, career development and advancement, reliable and supportive people at work, less geographic ties and travel demands, more support for health and well-being, more inclusivity and welcomeness of culture, more adequacy of uh, more resources and more accessibility. All right, so we're talking one, two, three, four, five, six, eight out of 12 factors driving attrition and retention, we now have a hand in. And so the reality is, is we're able to have a hand in eight out of 12, right? Almost 70%, right? Of the reasons why people are leaving and, and or you know, wanting to come back or stay in an organization, if we have a hand in those, right? We now become recession proof. 
right? We now are the ones who are responsible for why people are coming to our organization and staying at our organization as well. And so really start to think about what can we give up? What do we have to let go of in order to really make sure that we can focus our focus our efforts on what really matters right now? And the more that we can focus, it's, it's almost like, um, you know, help me help you and help you help me, right? So the more that we can focus on these factors that are driving attrition and retention and do our best to, to focus in that area of the business through what we know best, which is learning and development, right? We're helping more people, we're helping the business, and then we are staying in business as a department. So really think about that. So again, as far as um, as far as additional learning and listening, I would go back to episode 74, which is what L&D needs to leave behind. It's a great opportunity for you to assess if there are some things you need to let go of in your department or even as yourself. Um, and then I'm going to link the McKinsey study, uh, which is called The Great Attrition is Making Hiring Harder. Are you searching the right talent pools? And again, it's interesting because this article is, is very much around the hiring perspective, um, but I will always read an article and look at it from the L&D perspective. So I will link um, to that article. I'll also link to l and I'll link to that bundle I was talking about. And again, once we hit 25,000, uh, I will do a free podcast faster class all around starting, growing, scaling, launching, all the things around podcasts. So I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode. Feel free to also let me know um, or share on social or whatever it looks like, you know, what what you liked about it, what are, what areas you feel you need to work on, um, what areas you think you're doing, doing well in already, and what tips from today you plan on applying in your role. Can't wait to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If it resonated with you in any way, please let me know by subscribing, liking, and leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you on how you're using these tools as well as what you want to hear more of. So connect with me on LinkedIn at Sarah Canistra, send me a DM, or email me at hello at theovernighttrainer.com. I can't wait to hear from you. And until next week, stay learning.